Thank you, Micah. Welcome. Welcome to this time of worship. For those of you listening on the podcast, we are here in the sanctuary. And uh, from the light attendance, I assume these are all the healthy people, so we're, we're glad you're here. Um, but Jason is under the weather. He's had a sore throat and that and uh, just wanted to follow the example that he has set forth is if you don't feel well, then uh, stay home. And his whole family too. But he said he's feeling better today and uh, his family is fine. And he's been getting a bunch of texts already this morning from people telling him that they won't be here today because they're sick. And it's like, okay, but he's not here either. So, anyway, we are all here, and um, I'm assuming most of you got the message, which encouraged the wearing of masks just for safety. And and I kind of look at, at it as loving one another. We wear our masks out of love for one another so that we can all stay well, and that's the goal, is for us to stay well. So, um had a phone call yesterday that our dear member, Ray Cameron, passed away uh, last week. And Ray was, hasn't been able to attend for a while. He's been 
at a care facility. And uh, uh, he was a good friend of the Lindsay's. And when he was here, he was always right there with them. And, uh, and there will be a, a simple graveside service tomorrow for Ray. So I um, wanted to make sure you all had that information. So um, I would like now to invite Karen Almanza to come forward. This is Karen's last Sunday. She will be moving this week. And if there's any deacons here, if you could kind of come and maybe space out on the front pew, our idea was to lay hands on her and pray, but we'll just sit and raise our hands this time. But Karen is moving to Henderson, Nevada this week, and so this is her last Sunday with us. But one of the things I wanted to do before we say a prayer over her is when deacons are retiring, have a traditional gift that I give them, and along with a reminder and a scripture. Matthew writes, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And that comes with a reminder that when you are ordained as a deacon, it's not just for a little term, it is for life. So once a deacon, always a deacon. And even though you're not serving on our deacon board, you are a deacon and your actions will be those of a deacon. And so we, we send you forth with that thought. And then if, if you could take the big heavy lunk out of there and hold, let, let everybody see what is the big heavy lunk. <laughs> the, the, the gift goes with the scripture. And, and what it is, it's a, a Himalayan sea salt candle holder. So it combines salt and light. So when you look at that, or when you put a candle in it and burn it, you are reminded of this scripture, and you are reminded that you are the light that comes forth and shines for God. So do you have anything you would like to say? Sure. Um, I've been so blessed to be a deacon, and I've been blessed so much in the past, and that's why I decided to be a deacon. Um, this truly is my church home. Um, I was married here before I was widowed, um, left, and Kenny and I came back, and we felt so at home here, period. Um, Kenny's still going to be very involved with youth. Um, I hope you come back at least once a month, but this place truly is my home. 
and Apple's family who's been there for me more than I can say. We miss you all very, very much. But, um, you know, it's, and being a vegan is just truly, truly been a learning experience. I want things too. All right. Um, if deacons would kind of gather around and if maybe everybody else can put your hand up in blessing, I will pray. Gracious God, we thank you for Karen, for her gifts, and for her faithful service to this church in many capacities. We thank, we ask that you keep, preserve, and protect her as she leaves our congregation and our state for new frontiers. By your Holy Spirit, may she continue to be the salt of the earth and light for the world in her new community. Lead her to a new congregation and new ministries, secure in the faith that binds us together forever in the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, Psalm 91 states, You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or the destruction that wastes at noonday. I thought this psalm was particularly uh, appropriate for right now as we're dealing with pestilence and uh, disease and all of the things that are going on. But in all of those uncertainties, we are instructed to put our trust in God. And the part I like in here too is, um, I will cover you like under my pinions. And you picture a hen who's got all these little chicks running around and fluffs up her feathers and her wings and gathers all those little chicks right close to her and protects them and takes care of them. And, and that is how God says, I will protect you. So anyway, let us, let us pray and go into worship. God of grace, you have given us minds to know you, hearts to love you, and voices to sing your praise. Fill us with your spirit that we may celebrate your glory and worship you in spirit and truth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now would you please stand for our first hymn.
I'll be inviting the youth up this morning. Good morning. Today I'd like to use this time to invite you all, the congregation, um, to become a part of Children's Ministry's most vital event um, of each year, and that is VBS. In years past, we have planned and prepared VBS as a committee, leaving some volunteers unsure of what to expect. This year, we want to change that, and that's how this subcommittee was formed. This allows for you, the volunteer, to be involved with every step of the way. So I ask you today and in this week to come to pray about how volunteering for this event may look for you. This includes you youth as well. Um, Whether it's cheering us on, donating supplies where there is a need, or being involved in this vital committee. An informational handout and sign-ups will be available beginning next Sunday. So I just thank you to take this time to pray about it. And so at this time, all youth are dismissed to a youth group. (laughs) Thank you. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But when we confess our sins... God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Will you pray with me now? For failing to love others as you have loved us, God of grace, forgive us. For wasting your gifts and hoarding our goods, God of grace, forgive us. For plundering the earth, and abusing the planet, God of grace, forgive us. For fearing those who are strange to us and ignoring our need, God of grace, forgive us. For losing heart and abandoning hope, God of grace, forgive us. For all the ways we turn from you, God of grace, forgive us. We offer our prayers in the name of the one who saves us, Jesus Christ. Amen. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, a new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace.
Thank you. We are a small but mighty crew today. And as Sharon said, we're the healthy ones. Praise God. (laughs) By show of hands, how many of you made New Year's resolutions this year? Anyone? A couple? Okay. Good for you. Me too. Me too. One thing I love about the beginning of a new year is all of the possibility. We have a blank slate. We have a a calendar with nothing written on it. We can do anything. We can make any change. We can resolve to exercise more this year. And we can resolve to read the scriptures more this year or to pray or to eat better or whatever. The beginning of a new year, anything is possible. Last weekend, a friend of mine on the 1st of January sent me a meme, and this is what it said. I don't call them New Year's resolutions. I prefer the term casual promises to myself, to which I am under no legal obligation to fulfill. (laughs) There you go. So today we are not going to make any resolutions together, but we are going to look to who we are in Christ. What a great way to kick off the year, to understand our Christian identity. 2022, a new year, a new you. The old has passed away, the new has come. We are new creations. Our scripture this morning comes from Colossians 3, beginning in chapter 12. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, Forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. What I love about these verses of Scripture is that they are a clear and instructive roadmap to who we are in Christ, to our identity as Christ followers. So in this new year, if you are spending time with God, if you are in the Scriptures, if you're talking with him and walking with him and abiding with him, then you're already existing as the new you. 
But if you are, in fact, like most of us, who forget that we are God's chosen ones, then this is the perfect time to remember, to remember our identity. Will you please pray with me? Father God, as we look forward to 2022, we first and foremost worship you, Lord. We ask that you would write the truth of how much you love us and how much we love you on the doorposts of our lives. And as we head into this new year, keep us mindful of who we are in you, chosen, holy, beloved. We dedicate 2022 to you, Lord, for you to have your way with us. Use us, O God. Accomplish your will on earth in this year ahead through us. Father, transform the human words of my mouth to be truly your words for each of us today. In the holy and powerful name of Jesus the Christ, amen. I'd like to start this morning with a question. Who are you? Some of you know me, some of you don't. I know many of you, but not all of you. So if two of us were to meet, we'd probably introduce ourselves. We'd tell each other our names. I might tell you that I have an adult son and he lives in London. I might share that I've lived in Huntington Beach since I was a little girl. All sorts of little details that we might share about one another as we're getting to know each other. But what have we really told each other about ourselves? Not much. Why is it that most of us don't lead with, nice to meet you, I am a Christ follower. I am chosen. I am holy, set apart. I am beloved by God. That's who we are. So each day we walk around in our ordinariness when God has a regalness for us as his sons and daughters to live in. It reminds me of the folk tale that we've all heard about the eagle that was raised by chickens. The baby eagle lived with chickens, learned to act like a chicken, and even though he looked different for all intents and purposes, he was a chicken. And God designed each of us to be eagles, and we are choosing to live as chickens. God did not choose you or choose me because we were worthy. There's a misconception about how we have to fix ourselves up for God. No, 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 no. God chose each one of us, and that makes us worthy. That makes us holy. That makes us set apart for him. And we are beloved by God. The God of the universe utterly and deeply and profoundly loves each one of us.
so much so that he calls us his sons and his daughters of the King Most High. Paul gives us a beautiful illustration in Colossians 3 about putting on the garments worthy of the sons and daughters of God. Earlier, just before these verses that we read, Paul admonishes Christians about what not to wear. He tells us to put to death fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, and idolatry. Many years ago, there was a show on TLC called What Not to Wear. Anybody familiar with that? A few of you. So the premise was they would choose a woman, always a woman, and they would analyze her current wardrobe, which usually was pretty sorry. And they would um, uh, throw out most of her, cl- her old clothes, and then they would analyze for her a new way to dress. And this is essentially what Paul is doing for us in chapter 3. He first starts with, don't wear this, don't put on fornication, don't put on idolatry and greed. And then he reminds us, we don't do that because we're chosen, we're holy, we're beloved. Verse 12 in the message says, or is translated this way, So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe that God has picked out for you. God, God is our ultimate stylist of what to wear. So we are to clothe ourselves initially with five garments. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. I'm going to use a few definitions in the sermon, and I've gotten all of those from Wikipedia. Gotta love Wikipedia. Compassion is translated as the virtue of empathy for the suffering of others. It is regarded as a component of human love, and it's the cornerstone for greater social interconnection. So just to form a picture, we've just made it through Christmas, celebrated Christmas. The opposite of compassion would be the old Scrooge in a Christmas carol. And the epitome of compassion would be the reformed Scrooge after he has been visited by the four ghosts. Kindness is the act of being kind being marked by good and charitable behavior, a pleasant disposition, and a concern for others. Research has shown that kindness not only benefits the one who is the receiver of the kind act, but it also benefits the giver. Because neurotransmitters are released when we do kind acts, And those neurotransmitters are responsible for feelings of contentment and relaxation when we perform such acts of kindness. Next, we add the garment of humility. Humility is the quality of being modest and respectful. 
I think we can all agree that a boasting, bragging person's not very attractive. The fourth garment is meekness. Meekness is a disposition to be patient and long-suffering. In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he said, the meek shall inherit the earth. Perhaps that's because the militants will annihilate each other. One way to think about it. And lastly is the garment of patience. Patience is the state of endurance under difficult circumstances. And as Paul so aptly said in 2 Corinthians, love is patient and love is kind. These five garments of compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience become the foundation for our clothing, much like shapewear, those garments that we wear underneath our clothes, or what I like to call spiritual spanks. Paul continues to guide us, and in verse 13, he admonishes us to bear with one another, forgiving each other as God forgave us. Many Christians look at forgiveness as a nice-to-have virtue. They don't fully comprehend the commandment that God gives us to forgive. Many of us think, well, if I forgive, then I'm condoning what that person did to me, or I'm just excusing their bad behavior, or I'm denying that what they did to me really hurt. And some even think that if they forgive you, forgive the offender, then they are um, equating it with absolution and restoration. But not one of those is a true definition of forgiveness. Dr. Robert Enright, a leading um, person in this field, he defines forgiveness as a willingness to abandon one's right to resentment and negative judgment toward the one who unjustly hurt us while fostering the undeserved qualities of compassion, generosity, and love toward the offender. Forgiveness is the conscious act of giving up our right as the person who was offended. It's our right to bitter thoughts, to hatred, to retaliation. Forgiveness is giving that up. God forgives us first and he beckons us. He encourages us and yes, he commands us to forgive one another. And in doing so, when we forgive, we experience the freedom that comes from forgiveness. In verse 14, Paul admonishes us to clothe ourselves in love, which binds everything else together. In the Greek, there are four words that the English translates as love. This love that Paul is talking about is agape love unconditional love, the love to someone who does not deserve to be loved, 
the love to someone who may or may not love us back. And God's asking us to stretch toward that unconditional love, to love somebody who doesn't deserve it. Sometimes we don't deserve it. But he's asking us to do that, especially when they don't deserve it. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness, and love, and we're not fully dressed yet. Next, Paul calls us to drape ourselves in peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. What does he mean by to rule? Paul is explaining that once we're clothed in these beautiful garments, peace becomes the basis for our decision-making. In any given situation, what outcome, what reaction from me will promote a sense of peace? When we are secure in our relationship with God, then that striving that we have for self-preservation, that striving to be right diminishes in favor of peace. I'm not sure about you, but at this point in the list, it's starting to feel a bit overwhelming. It is until Paul answers the how question. How on earth do we accomplish these demonstrative God-honoring virtues? And the first step is in verse 15, to be thankful. To be thankful, doesn't that sound like just another garment, another virtue? And it kind of does, but I would suggest to you or argue to you that gratitude is a spiritual discipline. To be thankful is a conscious decision. And when we are grateful, when we are thankful, then we open ourselves up for the Holy Spirit to move within our lives. One of my favorite Christmas movies, can you tell we just finished Christmas, those are my illustrations, is White Christmas with Bing Crosby. Yes? Have all of you seen it? There's a song that he sings called Counting My Blessings. When I'm worried and I can't sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep, and I fall asleep counting my blessings. Gratitude is a choice. Thanksgiving is a decision we make. We will never be the person described in the scripture if we are not spending time with God and spending time in his word. There just is no shortcut for this spiritual discipline. God longs for intimacy with each one of us. We are his sons and his daughters. We need our quality time with God, if for no other reason, just to abide with him. And let's be honest, we're Presbyterians. We don't need to know anything more of God. We just need more of God. 
We need to know at our core that if God is for us, who can be against us? We need to know that the God of the universe has chosen each one of us, that he wholly and utterly and deeply loves every single person in this room, every single person listening on the podcast that can hear my voice, every one of us. And he loves us in spite of anything that we have done in the past. And we are only going to know those truths right here in the core of our being by spending time with him and spending time in his word. And we are meant to be in community just as the Trinity exists, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is in community with himself. Because when we're together, we hold each other accountable. We teach each other. I can't count how many times I've met someone who says, I believe in Jesus Christ, but I just don't go to church. My faith is personal. Of course our faith is personal. Of course our faith is personal. But our faith is corporate also. Jesus did not intend for us to be isolated. He modeled. He planned for this, for us to be in community with each other. And when we're together, we sing and we worship because our love for God is too huge to contain. And who cares what we sound like? Who cares if you're flat or you're off-key? God loves a joyful noise, and we're those joyful noises. Paul admonishes us to do whatever we do in word or in deed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Johann Sebastian Bach often wrote these letters in the corners of his musical masterpieces. I-N-D-N-J-C. In nomine Domini Nostri Jesucristi. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Bach understood that the source of his musical genius came from Jesus Christ, the one true God. Theologian William Barclay said, Christianity that does not change a person is a most imperfect Christianity. This change is a progressive change, This new creation is a continual renewal. It makes a person grow continually in grace and in knowledge until they reach that which they were meant to be, a person in the image of God. Christianity is not really Christianity unless it recreates a person into what God meant for us to be. So as we enter 2022, here's what I want you to take with you. To know that you are deeply loved.
by the creator of the universe. To know that he chose you before the beginning of time. To know that you are holy, not better, but set apart for his doing. Spend time with God. Abide with him. Read his word. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And when you're singing, sing loudly. And if you do that, if I do that, before we know it, we will start to see the fruits of compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness, love, and peace. Yes, there needs to be some intentionality on our part. We need to clothe ourselves in these virtues. But please, please, I beg of you, don't leave here today thinking, I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to be more kind. I'm going to be more patient. Because if we try and do it in our own might, I'm afraid to say that by the middle of this month, we will have let it go. It's too much. It's too much for us to try on our own. But as we spend time with God, his forgiveness turns us into forgivers. And his one-way love to us makes each one of us agape lovers. And the fruits of all of these virtues and more will begin to pour out of us naturally. This, my friends, is our identity in Christ. 2022, yep, a new year, a new you, and by God's grace, he will mold us into the people that he would have us be. Please pray with me. We humbly approach your throne of grace, Lord, and ask you to transform each one of us from the inside out. Lord, today we commit to spend more time with you, abiding with you in this new year. And we beseech you for your help to keep us focused and to limit the distractions. Cultivate a hunger in each one of us for your word and your ways. Change us into the persons that you created us to be. As an outpouring to a desperate world in need, Lord, help me to be more compassionate, more kind. Help me to be more humble, more meek, more patient. Help me to be more forgiving, more loving, more peaceful, more grateful, and more worshipful. In your strong and mighty name, Jesus. Amen.
You may be seated. Now is the time in our worship service when we give back to God a portion of what he has given to us. If you are listening on the podcast, please send your gifts and your offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. The offering of this morning is now received. Please be seated. Psalm 40 is a favorite of mine, and it begins, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit, out of the miry bog, and put my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in God. We are now going to a time of prayer where we do bring our requests to God and God inclines to us and listens. Pray with me. Tender and merciful God, in humbleness we bow our heads and ask you to fill us with your love. Let it overflow into every area of our lives so that each thought and decision, each word and action will proclaim your glory 
and the eternal truth that Jesus is Lord. Show us, we pray, how we can be your light in a hurting world. May our light shine before others in our daily life, that they may see the things we do and give you the glory. God of light and truth, you have sent your beloved Son to show us your grace and truth. Make his church also the light of the world. May our church here be like a lampstand that gives light to everything around. We pray for the whole of creation this morning. Overthrow evil, right what is wrong. You are sovereign over all the nations. Direct those who make, administer, and judge our laws that, guided by your wisdom, they may lead us in the way of righteousness. Mighty and merciful God, you sent Jesus to heal broken lives. We give thanks that today you also send healing through doctors, medicine, and technology. We claim your promise of wholeness as we pray for those who are ill in body, mind, or spirit and who long for your healing touch. Make the weak strong, the sick well, and the broken whole. We pray for all in our congregation who are ill. We pray for healing for Kay Deer. We pray for Patty Ernest as she sees a surgeon this week to plan the next steps in her treatment. We give thanks for Pastor Tim's progress and pray for complete healing for him. We pray for the many who are recovering from surgeries and procedures and undergoing tests. And we pray for Elizabeth Van Doren, who was taken to the hospital this week after a fall and continues there. We continue to pray for Keith Coslin and others with chronic conditions. And we pay, pray for Pastor Jason, who is not well today. Lord, you are the great physician, and we are grateful that we can come to you with our concerns for ourselves and for others. Our state has overwhelming numbers of people who are sick with covid We feel helpless knowing the best thing we can do is to get immunized, wear masks, and stay away. Help us to be faithful in doing what we can. We pray that this disease may be brought under control. We pray for those in our congregation who are sick or have family members who are sick or are quarantined. We are grateful that the severity of illness is less than the prior strains. We pray for relief from symptoms for all who are ill and for protection of the most vulnerable. We pray, too, for those who are ill with more ordinary things like flu or colds. Make us well, we pray. Compassionate God, we pray for all who are grieving the loss of a loved one. We ask today that you be with the family of Ray Cameron as they lay him to rest tomorrow. Bring them comfort and peace, as well as gratitude for his 97 years. 
Almighty God, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. May your people, illuminated by your word and sacraments, shine with the radiance of your glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the end of the earth. For it is in his name that we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand for our concluding hymn, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. Just a closer walk with thee, Jesus. More compassion. Make us more compassionate. 
more kind, more patient, more loving, more forgiving. We can only do it through him, through how he's created us to be. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today, be with you throughout your week, and be with you throughout 2022. May it be so.